Welcome back. What's up, guys? We're so excited to have you back. Today we have an amazing guest. Our friend Kylie has come on and we're going to be talking about mental health. This is going to be a really fun podcast and we definitely laugh at our pain, but we do talk about some sensitive issues, so a little trigger warning about anxiety, trauma, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Ella, let's do a quick check in. How are you? It's spooky season! So me and my flatmates um <laughs> we watch a different halloween movie every day so that's, that's fun. cute cool what about you how are you doing i'm doing good i've been uh watching a lot of tiktok lately which is something i need to cut back on but the algorithm has me rethinking my sexuality dude are you also bisexual because that's what the, <laughs> the algorithm I might be. told I me bro might be. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into the episode let's do it Okay. All right, so we have Ki- we have Kylie here, and we just want to start off with: Do you just want to introduce yourself? I feel like that's a good starting point. Yeah. So we met in college. I'm originally from Tacoma, Washington, so a similar area to Ella and Bernice, and I loved it there. I really liked the diversity. Going to Pullman was a shocking experience. <laughs> Even though I'm white, I'm a white woman. Um, I grew up in poverty, and I feel like that is where a lot of my mental health stems from. Just things started in my youth, and so at college, I joined the same sorority as Ella and Bernice, <laughs> and they were totally two of the people that made me feel connected with why I joined an organization that's values were honesty and friendship and (laughs) in that sorority in that sorority I decided to be honest in my sophomore year about my mental health after picking up a position in my freshman year as sisterhood chair which is supposed to be so much fun you get all the sisters (laughs) together and every time everybody was in that room and I'd created an event I like absolutely hated myself and I was like what the fuck (laughs) like why Yeah. yeah and so when I was honest they offered me great friendship and said, you can't stay because you won't pay to do to do nothing <laughs> with us. us. Not us. No, yeah. <laughs> Let's, we're, we were the cool it ones. Like, like, yeah, we didn't give great. a fuck. But that was yeah. just after you had gotten off exec and uh, mentioned that one of our friends got pushed into a position to be taken advantage of, which is totally what happened when she stayed and her mental health was definitely affected yeah. that following year too, but it was only one person on the exec board advocating for mental health and then a beautiful, beautiful like turnaround story for them during Greek week where nobody can drink for a week. Whew. Hardest week of the year. For the, for I, I literally didn't even follow that. Nobody rule. follows it. Nobody follows it. We drink with the doors closed that week, but my sorority won uh, mental health awareness for that oh, week. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Mm hmm. Uh, it was I, so ironic. And I'm like, <laughs> that's where all my mental health issues stem from. Honestly, like, <laughs> talking about mental health, I had my first actual breakdown. Like, I don't mean, like, one moment. My whole life was broken down. When I was, like, literally at the bottom, of, like, the, my lowest low, that's when I actually got help. So, you know, great for them. You know, they really forced me into it, as it were. But it ended up being okay. I don't think I would change anything, though, because the people that I did meet mm-hmm. were so amazing and those are the ones that are sticking around here I, we are yeah here we are <laughs> five years here later we are. i absolutely hate organizations now and the way that they work i'm a part of a ton but 
It's okay. That one wasn't for me. <laughs> you try to make them better, you know, but sometimes bad leadership and you can't fix things, you gotta let go. Um, anyway, that experience, like, forced me into finally acknowledging that I have severe anxiety and depression, and so I went down my medication path, and that took over a year, but I think I really have a grip on how my mental health affects me and my relationships now, and that's the most important thing to me. I'm not by any means cured, and I don't think anybody cures themselves, mm-hmm. but you start to understand, and it helps. Oh, for sure. Uh, I feel like has like given me the self-awareness to be who I am and not feel ashamed about it, uh, and I would have never gotten that without help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snaps to therapy. <laughs> we oh my love gosh. a good therapist. <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of therapists, I finally have a new one. It is via telehealth. So much okay. fun. Yeah. Um, I'm a very vulnerable person, so my intake went well. I vibed with her <laughs> specifically because she said, how are you? And I instantly started sobbing. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the end, she was like, so I can recommend you to somebody or you can feel comfortable with me and we can make another appointment and I was like you saw this like let's just <laughs> we don't move need it a, like, forward yeah. yeah so that's good I'm glad to be connected with another therapist yeah my therapist my current therapist love her we have a really good relationship just because I feel like she knows that I'm funny so when I say things she's a lot like oh that's concerning she's like yeah. oh she's like making a joke yeah <laughs> she's trying to laugh at the trauma she's created for herself <laughs> uses comedy to, to heal yeah you know in a way you gotta laugh to not to cry is literally the motto Sometimes we laugh and cry. Usually, actually. Uh, right now, I don't have a therapist. I am looking for one, though, because uh, the anxiety has been creeping up. It's been non-manageable by myself. And I think the best thing that I have learned in therapy is when to know when I need to ask for help. So we're we're back at it again. Back at it again. Anxiety is really tough because there's triggers every single day. Honestly, I feel like I my therapist sometimes she's like, how's your anxiety? I was like, well, I haven't left my house in two weeks so we've been okay i feel safe here Uh, (laughs) i can't organize everything in the world outside yeah the house is safe no literally the house be safe i guess since we were talking about our general anxiety and therapy if we can talk a little bit about like when we first reached out for therapy and like how did did we find like therapists that we like i decided to go to therapy for the first time because we had a really awesome resource on campus called CAPS. Caps. I don't I forget what it stands for. Counseling and Psychological Services. So basically, <laughs> you were allowed like eight sessions and I was like, you know what? Therapy is expensive. I really want to... Free. Free. Yeah. yeah. So it was free sessions and I was like, I just want to take advantage of this, right? Um, and I just mentally was like... My depression level was like an all-time low. So what had happened was I broke my ankle well, <laughs> where no, do we want to start? You. Literally, I, you. I literally am like, okay, so when I was three years old, like, no. <laughs> but, like, okay, so the beginning of when I was, like, in the deepest of the trenches, I'd broken my ankle. Why did mm-hmm. I break my ankle? Because I saw the boy, like, kissing. Not a <sighs> boy, like, the boy I was dating kissing another girl. And I drank to forget, which we can get into. And then I broke my ankle. Not being able to get around because it, yeah. obviously, a broken ankle is not in Pullman is debilitating because it was icy. Like, I literally... You couldn't do anything anything. by yourself. This was my freshman year, and I remember we got picked up for an exchange, Ella's social chair, and she's just like, I'll hobble at the back, (laughs) and I just walked with her, and you actually just 
you totally were at your deepest and you were like laying some deep dark on me and I'm like I'm a freshman on my way to an exchange but like yeah I won't get Dear wrapped Lord, up I into the I literally don't remember this I do but I don't that's so funny yeah. but yeah so after a while I was like I can't go on like this there has to be a better way so I started going to my therapist shout out to Mike and honestly like thinking about where I was and where I am now, the things he were telling he was telling me felt so fucking basic now. Don't talk down to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't call yourself a dumb, stupid fucking bitch. You know? <laughs> Don't talk about my friend like that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and so that's where it started. And after the eight free sessions, guess what? Nobody said anything. I just kept going. Uh, <laughs> they were like, this bitch needs help. Yeah. And the program yeah. used to be, when I started, I started with uh, like a student in the psychology program. So mm. it was this, like you could mm-hmm. sign up, you had to get recorded in your sessions, but it basically, oh, and it was, oh my God, those it, fucking, somewhere. You, it felt you mutual. To... Like I was helping somebody get their degree yeah. and I was like laying all of my problems and I took some of those people in circles. It was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and I was like, I'm not any better, but I'm thinking about how they're doing now, so. Hope they're well with my trauma. I was like, do I need to drop out? And he was like, oh, uh. (laughs) I felt so bad. That's so funny. I'm still in school. I like that we can laugh about it now, you know. Yeah. I was in a bit of a pickle. I actually first started going to cops because I got an MIP and one of the requirements was that you take a survey about how much you drink. So I decided not to lie on the survey Mm. to just spill out like how much I actually drink because it's college and I think most people lie on that. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, you have to go to a counseling appointment because you're an alcoholic. And I was like, tight, okay, I'll do that. So I go in and I'm like, I'm bawling because it wasn't even about me drinking. It was like, I was like in a really bad fucking state. Like Trump got got elected. Like I got an MIP. It was a whole fucking scene. There were so many fucking, there's so many things going on. My mental health was shit. I hated where I was living. Um, Everything about just like where I was, was me not sleeping, working two jobs and like partying all the time. And it was like this gross cycle that I like. And school. And school. So it's like, I would I would sit mm-hmm. at our at our table at like our sorority until like maybe three a.m. and then have this vivid memory of like the president also who I was who was trying to like major in like three different things would be like up with me and I'd be like Emily like wake me up in thirty minutes okay don't let me sleep for more and then we take turns. Emily was a different kind of woman. Oh my God, I, I, love know. I know. I know. I love her. Love her. Mm-hmm. Way stronger in the head than me because I. Her laugh was. Okay. Absolutely infectious, oh, though. Yeah. She's totally one of the people that made that organization worth it. Like, yeah, it, it's so crazy to look back on that time of my life because I think, how did I actually function? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. My weekends would kind of go like this. I would literally work like full time on the weekdays. And then I would also have school and I'd also have, you know, whatever goddamn bullshit mm. organizations I was a part of. But then Friday night, I was like, hell yeah, like I've <laughs> earned this. And then I would go on like a two to three day bender. Well, and <laughs> the way the organizations even set up that partying too, like as a freshman, I was partying probably Tuesday through f- 
like Tuesday through Friday. Like yeah. my, Sunday. I didn't yeah. know how to budget my time yet to say, okay, I can't party Monday through Thursday. Like this organization structured parties every night. Like, and I was so turnt. Like that wasn't, I didn't go to classes. I knew that professors would teach later in the day and I would go to that lecture and just sit there like a hungover bum. That's like smart. I looked. <laughs> yeah. So, actually. I'm literally like, no, my dumb ass. I hell, I got an extra hour. I got up, still drunk, got my ass to lecture. I remember this one time I was in lecture and this girl next to me, she's like, are you still drunk? And I was like, why the fuck would you ask me that? And she was like, oh, you're just wearing what you wore out last night and there's a leaf in your hair. And I was like, mind your own fucking business. Thanks for your concern. Thanks okay? for your concern. <laughs> yeah. And I did that cycle for maybe like a year, honestly. And then after that, I started getting anxiety attacks and just like my body was really hurting. So I thought there was something like physically wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Nothing was physically wrong with me. I like learned that anxiety can be very physically like in, on your body. And then that's where like I had to go to therapy because I was having anxiety attacks like three times a week. Like I couldn't drink, drink caffeine anymore because mm-hmm. every time that I'd had like a cup of coffee, I thought I was having a fucking heart attack. But I couldn't, I couldn't even have chai tea lattes. Like I couldn't even have that level yeah. of caffeine yeah. without thinking, oh shit, there's something I need to do. And I already know that I can't do it because of how overwhelmed I was. Mm. And that physical thing is so real and most people are like oh just don't think about it and then you won't be anxious and that's not what it is like your your body is telling you to be scared of something Mm -hmm. i was throwing up almost every day for an entire year like yeah like i would just wake i was like am i swallowing my spit wrong in my sleep like what's up but no i was just sick but i only poop like once a week for maybe like six months because you weren't eating i wasn't eating and then also like my i had just stomach pain and then i just couldn't like and it was all from anxiety yeah yeah i mean so we've been talking a lot about anxiety but like for me i feel like i have like hella other issues that just like (laughs) feed into the anxiety you know like depression Mm -hmm. when you sit there when you sit there with your depression and all you can do is sit there and then then pops up anxiety i feel like yeah because there's so many things that i want to do but it's the depression that keeps me from doing them, and then I become anxious that I yeah, then I didn't I'm get wasting them done. my time. I didn't get this mm-hmm. done, uh, I'm, and then you're hard on yourself, and it's just like this fucking cycle. Cycle. Yeah. Well, what you guys do? What do you guys do now? Are you guys okay? How are you guys feeling? Am I okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your concern. Yeah. Well, let's see. For me, therapy started, and I I felt like I uncovered all of the childhood trauma like those first sessions I took everything out and then once I left I was like what did that do <laughs> like what did he even do obviously fucked up shit happened but then I went back to the next session and I was like I can't change like three of these things they're huge things they're really uncomfortable to live with but they're already in compartments that can't really change and so putting those back and then actually diving deeper into the things that I can change and the mm-hmm. things that yeah like matter actually matter that affect me like my mom oof I love that woman <laughs> tricky I, yeah mm-hmm. so tricky people don't talk about mommy issues the way they talk about daddy issues mm-hmm. and you're supposed to love your mother with your whole heart and I do I fucking do yeah. but that bitch fucked me up mm-hmm. fucked me up trust and like I love her but <laughs> those are one of the things I put it in the compartment I'm yeah. like I'm proud yeah. of you and like 
I tell her occasionally and it feels good to let her know do some healing towards the trauma but she has her compartments too and that's when you bring in other people it gets really difficult so definitely focusing on myself has helped and I do medicate and that was a fucking journey of ups and downs of ups and downs and then pandemic happened and I told my (laughs) doctor I was like I kind of want to try and take it back because I don't want to stay dependent. She was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Girl, you hopped I'd, on the train. It's not I'd leveled at 100. Um, and I was like, okay, like, I'll just take it slow. She's like, if you're, you can take it down 25 and feel good and like, you know, just work within 25s and yeah. take two weeks and stuff like that. I came down to 75 and just like within two days, I was oh. like, off the rocker. <laughs> like, I was like, you're you know, like, no, 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 three days. <laughs> it wasn't quite that, but like, yeah. it was not, I instantly felt all of the pressure of the world. Like mm-hmm. I, that 100 really just lets me like stay in my box and deal with me. But going to 75, everything that's happening in the world came into and I was like, that's too much. I mean, honestly, like I'm really thankful of the privilege that I have. What I have for this pandemic because I feel like I, I look at my situation mm. and I'm very thankful for my situation but things are really fucking crazy and like for me I sometimes just have to take a break because I know that ignorance doesn't really help but there's also Mm-mm. a point where I'm like you know what uh, Donald Trump is a bad man nothing he does <laughs> shocks me what else do I need to know? Yeah. Sometimes I like, feel like a conspiracy theorist because I like dive deep into all these things, come out of it, and I feel literally like hungover from too much information. Yeah. September 29th was my 23rd birthday. I had a therapy appointment and I got <laughs> permission or let's not call it permission. Let's call it validation to not watch the debate that evening. <laughs> Went excellent, excellently, like so grateful, so grateful. Yeah, Everything yeah. that came back the next days, especially the things about substance use and abuse and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things were really hurting. And so mm-hmm. to, yeah. glad I excused myself from that. But then I said to my therapist, 23 and taking care of me. And she wrote it down. Rut row. <laughs> I mean, she's going to hold me to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love that though. Thanks. I do. Thanks. Yeah. 23 and taking care of me. It's, I really want to zone in. That's kind of like some of my things that I really have learned in my journey is I need to take care of myself. I'm super driven. So sometimes I will fucking teach myself how to code, but my house is a fucking mess. I'm a fucking mess. I haven't showered in three days. And I'm like, wait, what's actually important? Because, like, I don't actually need to know how to code. You know, like, I... That might be a band-aid. Yeah, like, like they're called maintenance tasks. So mm-hmm. my maintenance tasks are dishes, house clean, getting a workout in, getting a little bit of silence. That's yeah. yeah, that's just self-care. And I feel like sometimes, well, you know... Goddamn capitalism. They've rebranded <laughs> self-care to me. We can only tow completely... into capitalism here. We can only tow in. We'll go completely off track. <laughs> but no, self-care really is just like taking care of yourself. And that doesn't mean like going to the buying a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like making sure your insides are at peace. Plugs of the week. Plugs of the week. I love it. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to start it off. So I basically read a bunch of books um, that have really helped me. And I didn't want to take up a bunch of podcast time to talk about them all. So instead, I'm just going to be throwing up a little video on our Instagram and on our YouTube. You can find us on both. So check those out. My plug of the week is for Monica Brings Yellow. 
You can find her on Instagram at brings underscore yellow underscore horses. She is an indigenous artist. She resides in the Flathead Reservation, um, Missoula, Montana area, and she does commission pieces. Her work was Homelands, and she uses art to bring light to Native history. It is quite honestly the most beautiful work I've seen in a minute, so definitely check her out. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm doing a bit bigger of a name and it's Brene Brown and it's her podcast, Unlocking Us. A big thing that's helped me in being confident in myself is being vulnerable because we do share a lot of these experiences with other people. And Brene Brown has a YouTube video. It's one of the first ones you'd search and she talks about being vulnerable. But in her podcast, she interviews a lot of people and dives deeper into how that's helped them in their careers and and gotten them further in. So I recommend that if you are into podcasts. All right, there's our plugs of the week. Uh, I feel like when I first went to therapy, I was not ready to admit that like alcohol and substances were playing a really big role in my mental health. And now I started going to therapy like a year ago now almost. Now I'm like ready to talk about it and it's made a huge difference in my life. And I think something that's sometimes really hard is We went to a school where literally there was a drinking activity every day of the week Mm -hmm. except for Monday. But guess what? If you wanted to find someone to drink with you on Monday, you could. So it was just so normalized that I didn't really ever take a step back and think about how damaging it was to me at the time. And I think with like our group, especially with our group of friends, it it was nice because we were all like at the same mental space of fucked up like no one was well but we were together mm-hmm. and yeah like now looking back like it was really stupid that all we did was get together and like drink about our issues socially we were okay but like yeah. our mind and bodies were like, not no. yeah not and the thing is, is that we were not unaware that we were not mentally okay but we yeah. were just like whatever like well that's a tomorrow we're issue like, mm-hmm. we're like skins we're like well, and nobody up. in school is really okay and that's yeah. been an issue since the 60s suicide yeah. And college has been so known, and that's I feel like a bigger, different issue. But college mm-hmm. affects your mental health, yeah. And we all drink to shut it up, and it doesn't help, yeah. I, I also just think that our friend group was like, Yeah, we have issues, but at least we know, like, <laughs> like, at least we're aware, like, at least we're self aware, and we know that we have issues. Maybe that's the problem, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. I, I wish I would have skipped lessons. some of the drinking. I, oh, for sure, like, I didn't need to be drunk all that time. Like, I think now we're like, We really need to work on going on hikes or like doing mm. other things that don't involve around this culture that we were kind of like. Not just participating, but we got into the habit of, like, every time we hang out, we have to drink together. I'm like, I think now therapy you know whatever i'm just like looking forward and i'm very thankful that i'm here because i put myself into dangerous situations so many times and like i don't want that for me anymore and i wish that i had the information that i have now part of this podcast for me is i just really hope that someone listening is like 18 19 20 (laughs) and can just fuck up a little bit less than i did i don't know be willing to be for yourself first instead of for the social like for for others because honestly like were you at the party for yourself i don't i don't think i was i have ridiculous fucking fomo which is fear of missing out so (laughs) once i was on a roll and i was like well i don't want to leave my friends because why do they have fun without me Mm -hmm. um so i think i would have really enjoyed maybe going to therapy a little earlier and trying to establish like what were my core values and how it was that i was going to take care of myself and still 
hang out with my friends and maybe just be a little more centered because mm-hmm. I, I was really caught up in like in all the noise. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here like it wasn't fun. It was a blast. Yeah. But sometimes, oh well, no, most of the time I just like did shit that was stupid. I was self-sabotaging. It was self-sabotaging behavior. Like, I feel like there's a probably a pretty strong correlation between the number of failed relationships I've had and <laughs> the audacity, the, that audacity. I, the audacity that I had up to until, like, night. the... <laughs> yeah. No, just, like, yeah. I was just hella stupid. You can't be in a healthy relationship and be a blackout. Like No, you can't, so... It, it don't work. Especially when I would always go with people... I used to date dudes that, like, match my energy... <laughs> Holy shit, that is just, that is the worst. If you're a fucking destructive human being, finding someone who matches your energy is a terrible idea. That's actually really funny because I think one of the mental health issues that I didn't bring up is is codependency. And I've been with my boyfriend, haha, relabeled again, but for like five years, um, six almost, and it, or that's been the span mm-hmm. of us being together, but figuring shit out. And there's always been so much like trust and honesty, but being codependent and being in a relationship so young, like that's why I took a step back and said, like, I need a break. Like I don't respond to my needs first yeah. because yeah. it's easier and it feels better. It's more rewarding mm-hmm. for me to take care of you. And that's not fair to me. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself that space and I, that like took our relationship to the next level there's so much growth now and i absolutely love that i can totally relate to that i think we did did it around the same yeah. time i was like she was like i broke up with him and i was like oh my god i broke up with him too and it's like god, and it's like i just needed to take care of myself and worry about myself and mm-hmm. you're like oh me too yeah um yeah it i have a codependency issue as fucking well and it's it's really difficult to try to let go of somebody who where there's nothing inherently wrong other mm-hmm. than the fact that you put them first at all times and you can't make decisions that are going to benefit your life or you have I don't know you have your own anxiety about like I don't want to leave this person because I'm trying to grow but I know like I have to and that that was making me so fucking anxious and like mm-hmm. even in therapy it took so much time for me to get there because one of the things that, like, my therapist would ask me was, like, well, if, if like, this boy wants to just follow you and do, do, like, your path of life, like, how do you feel about that? And I'd be, like, well, I guess that's fine. But it's, like, no, it isn't. Like, for mm-hmm. me, like, mm-hmm. I need to go do my own thing to really thrive within my own, like, situation. Mm-hmm. And so that was something really difficult. And, I mean... I'm still with my ex-boyfriend, so we're still working on it. Well, and I think for me, I painted this, like, picture of what life was supposed to be. Like, I wanted to have the high school sweetheart, and now I have it, and I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what did you do? Like, I I honestly say all the time that you are young and dumb and in love. Like, you're stupid. Yeah. Like... Mm We fucked up so many times, and there there was hurt, but there was also allowing each other to grow, and I think that trusting, you know, like, mm-hmm. if you let something go and it comes back, it's meant to be yours, and that's the most cheesy saying ever, but I have so much fun having somebody that I can be my complete self with, and he mm-hmm. completely allows that. I think that that's, it kind of ties into, like, why, like, I came into college and was so ready to be so much fun, was, um, I was in basically because of my relationship with my mother and my first relationship reflected each other. Hashtag how so? Mm -hmm. 
oh, they're both abusive. <laughs> so <laughs> they both gave me complex PTSD. Um, but when I got to go to college, I was like so ready to be free and be my own person because it was literally the first time in my entire life that I was allowed to be that person. And I didn't realize that at the time. And like through therapy, I realized that most people search out people that are like their parents because Mm -hmm. they see someone that's nurturing well if your parent is a tricky person i like to use the word tricky (laughs) because yo attachment ain't secure with your mama yeah literally (laughs) then you're you're kind of looking for the wrong thing i'm just so thankful that i've had the opportunity to go to therapy i know it's not for everybody but or not that it's not for everybody i think therapy is for therapy is for it is not accessible to everybody not at all unfortunately um but some of the things i've learned i have read and stuff like that so i know we keep on talking about therapy but if therapy isn't an option that doesn't mean you can't get Mm -hmm. help yes Mm -hmm. there are definitely a lot of different resources and i think when it comes to having these conversations with friends too they're very valuable um recognize there's so much shared experience Mm -hmm. we're not alone in what we're facing and i think so many people try and face what they are dealing with alone yeah like yes you should focus on yourself but don't suffer in silence at the same time and that's really hard not to do at times of depression what's funny is i didn't even talk about what i study which is human development it took me a while (laughs) to find my major at college uh but once i took this one class i was like oh, this is it. Like, this is so cool. And everything I've learned, to be honest, should be taught to people in our common ed, like K through 12 education. Because in college, not only was I like having to go to therapy just because Mm -hmm. I recognize all this anxiety and depression, but in these classes, I was being taught how the experiences I had as a child affect me as an adult. And so there are adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. It came out of Kaiser Permanente. I'm so bad at saying that. But (laughs) um, they have this research. It's 10 things that a lot of us have really simple if somebody went to jail in your childhood home if somebody drank um Mm. if you ever seen any like thing physical and there's you know 10 but it's really quite easy to to count them and i have nine and if you have four more (laughs) yeah nine out of ten what's up like surveys in class and everybody's like everybody's like oh wow like this is so interesting and i'm like looking at my paper like starting to have those classes and then they just dive deeper like i had to take a course on child maltreatment Mm. i have to go to class (laughs) to learn about how i was abused (laughs) and then i'm like okay like i need to go to crisis counseling now Like, it was just on repeat. And so, like, then there are professors, like, later later in my courses that are, like, um, well, say, this material is really hard. Public policy issues. I hated this class. This material is really hard because a lot of you haven't had to deal with it. Welfare, food stamps, <laughs> CPS. I've been taking, like, like Here's I was me. like, no, this material is hard because you're triggering me every day. <laughs> and you're telling me that now that I'm going into this field, people aren't going to listen to the research that we do within this field. And the government isn't going to fund the programs that will help people. So what what i'm i'm sad and i need you to give me at least a c so that i can get my degree thank you that's what i that's what i said when i had a, a d at the end of the semester i i sat her down and i was like look honey i know all about this shit i lived it yeah well kylie thank you so much for being here um kylie is like the friend i always know i can talk to about mental health yeah or anything in general yeah so i'm just glad you're here uh for this episode yeah i i was so happy when you said that 
or invited me to be here and talk about mental health because I always, I've always talked about my mental health and I'm so grateful for the friendships that have, I mean, we live next door to each other. I literally, I signed a lease that said there's going to be an ant problem. (laughs) I signed the same lease um, and the laundry was over in their place. So I just walk over and knock on the door and I'd be like, I need to cry today. And I'm grateful for that friendship. I'm honestly I'm so thankful to have you on the podcast but just like in general to have you in my life so all right you guys so that is our episode obviously like this is the start of a conversation yeah we definitely want to talk more and talk with people that have like different mental health and honestly we only dug dug into about half of my diagnoses so we could probably (laughs) do a part two all right so you can find us on social media at thanks the number for your concern on Instagram and it has links to our Twitter, YouTube, and all that jazz. Our personal Instagrams are at Bernice DSM and at Ella L Tutor. Thanks so much for listening. Also, um, next week we're doing a Halloween episode where we're going to get into some cringy Halloween moments and also a little fun cultural appropriation. So go ahead and send (laughs) us some cringy Halloween stories if you have them. Bye, guys. Bye.